my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. for just $60 per month. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 385 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. I am your co-host Kevin Huntsperger, and it's been a while, but my buddy Chad Smart is back on the line and on the Skype line. We're going back old school here too, doing this one via Skype. Chad, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you, man. It's great to be here on the most amazing, the astounding, the astonishing, extraordinary, remarkable, wonderful, prestigious, phenomenal, staggering, breathtaking, fantastic, and mind-boggling podcast that is My One Two Three Cents. My goodness, wow. So, uh, is this to make up for all the shit talk you do on uh, the Power Half Hour with Greg Mahachka, which, by the way, is false advertising because it hasn't been a half hour in quite some time. Hey, we said it wasn't going to be a half hour in the latest write-up. And, uh, and at the beginning of the show, if you listened, we said we were probably going to go long. But no, I'm just, uh, I was just busting out synonyms for stupendous because I figure if we're talking about the most stupendous WrestleMania that ever stupended, then we should throw in some, uh, <laughs> some words for my one, two, three cents because it's all about the branding and the you know, repetition. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we are. This week's topic is we're recording this, uh, you know, on Sunday of of WrestleMania Sunday. So that that night has not happened yet. So we're not really going to talk about WrestleMania itself. Um, we are going to talk about the Raw after WrestleMania and some of our experiences with it and why it has become such a phenomenon. But before we do that, I do want to remind folks: uh, Stride Pro Wrestling. Three big events coming up this month and into next month. We have fundraiser shows at Gallatin County High School as well as Johnston City High School. And then a very big night, a very big main event matchup happening. I'm not going to spoil it here because we haven't posted the show yet, but be sure to check out Stride Pro Wrestling's uh, social media channels for all those details. That show coming up on May 21st at the Sioux Drive Center in Marion. It's the same place that we held Stridiversary. So uh, if you are a local wrestling fan, be sure to check all of that out as well. So all that being said, Chad, um, you know, WrestleMania obviously been around since 1985. And, you know, in those early days of WrestleMania, you know, we either watched it on the big satellite dish in the backyard or watched it on closed circuit television. However, we were consuming it. And then I... 
I VHS. Oh yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, because I I do remember like WrestleMania three specifically. I had to wait on that one to come out on video. But then, um, I don't really feel like primetime wrestling. You know, the syndicated show that would come on Monday nights on on USA. I don't ever remember there that next night being, again, this is just going off of memory, but I don't remember there being like a recap of WrestleMania, obviously because all of these things are syndicated and they're taped and, 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 and whatnot. And even then those early times of Raw, you know, I, I went back and looked and Raw debuted in 1993, which would have been uh, the year that WrestleMania 9 happens. And reading that recap, they actually ended up recording that show before WrestleMania, so there's no mention of Hulk Hogan being the champion or Bret Hart or any of that kind of stuff. The only big thing that really went down is from what I read was Jerry Lawler made his uh, Raw debut that night. So what are your early memories of what happens after WrestleMania in terms of getting all that? Because as you said, you know we were watching on VHS in some cases, so we didn't have those immediate results because there was no internet. We couldn't stream anything. And so... You know, you may not know that Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant and pinned him at WrestleMania for at least another week because the syndicated shows would need time to catch up. Yeah, and especially with primetime wrestling on, on USA, you know, Monday after Mania. I, I seem to remember that they may have showed some of the matches from WrestleMania 2 like a month or so later. Um, but I don't... Yeah, you just... If you didn't watch the show live, you had to wait. And there was no... Um, like you said, syndicated shows, who knows how long they were in the can before they, you know, could update them. You know, I mean, granted, the way wrestling works, if they wanted to throw in a, uh, like a talking head segment and uh, Mean Gene say, oh, by the way, Hulk Hogan penned Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3, they could have done that ahead of time. Mm -hmm. They, um, you know, spoiler, may have known what was going to happen Mm -hmm. at WrestleMania. But, you never know, you know, and and so it's interesting how the Monday night after Mania has become a thing because when we were in Dallas six years ago mm-hmm. for WrestleMania 32, WWE was working on a documentary about the night after, and yeah. I remember being interviewed for it outside of the Hall of Fame, and it you know continued our streak of being interviewed by <laughs> news or production companies and never making the final product. Yes, um, but. I didn't realize how big the until that documentary came out and kind of explained things. I didn't realize how how much usually happens on the night after Mania. You know yeah. what? And I I kick myself now because I forgot that that documentary happened, and I I haven't even watched it. So I do need to go back. I should have watched it for research for this show, I guess. Yeah, it might be on Peacock. Who knows? And you might have luck finding <laughs> it within yeah. the next six months, uh, given their True. interface. But I think you know. From our experience, I think the night after WrestleMania 29 was the first night of the of what the Raw after Mania has become. And that one, you know, we were sitting there when they had the Randy Orton versus Sheamus match that mm-hmm. nobody wanted to see. Yeah. And so the fan, that's when the fans hijacked the show. And it was an organic movement of... You know, we don't want this. We want something else. You know, when Dolph Ziggler cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase and beat Del Rio, the you know the fans wanted that. Yeah. Now, I feel like, much like in in wrestling, because something became 
because something happened, then the follow-up is, well, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what we have to do. You know, it's like the what chance. It's like whenever someone's talking, oh, we got to chant what at him because that's what wrestling fans do. Yeah. And I think, you know, the last time we were at the Raw after Mania, which was in Dallas for after 32, even before the show went on, the crowd was chanting stuff to get themselves over instead <laughs> of, you know, they were chanting for their hotel or yeah. their section. You know, it's it's become more egocentric than a, a focus on what the product is or what they would like to see out of the product. And do you, I mean, do you think, because, I, you know, I agree, and we, we have attended nine WrestleManias and four of those events we went to the Raw afterward. Um, do you feel like WWE has now started to cater to that audience though? Because I do feel like they wait and maybe make some surprises or some uh, you know, before we started recording, for example, we had talked about would it have been better or would it have been better to save Cody Rhodes' debut for the Raw after WrestleMania versus WrestleMania itself. And I, I've heard arguments on both sides of this, but, you know, ratings still matter, I think, uh, or, you know, they do to certain populations of fans. I'm, I'm sure, you know, Raw and SmackDown... Maybe not so much SmackDown, but Raw, I'm sure, is probably still the top-rated show on, on USA. I'm sure that Dynamite is probably the top-rated show or one of the top-rated shows on TBS. And I'm sure that Rampage is one of the top-rated shows for, for TNT. So wrestling still draws those ratings. And so I'm not minimizing any of that. But people have already bought Peacock. I don't think anyone ordered Peacock yesterday or over the weekend in anticipation of Cody Rhodes showing up at WrestleMania. So would it have been better to save him for that quote-unquote ratings pop or put him out there and give him a match? Because I think the way everything was built up with Seth Rollins, had Cody had it been anybody other than Cody, maybe The Undertaker would have been the only other passable person to be in there. I think that place would have come unglued. Yeah. I th- you know, I'm kind of surprised they didn't troll and send someone else out mm-hmm. first and then have Cody come out. I, I think debuting him at, or, or re-viewing him yeah. at, uh, at WrestleMania was the right call. Because yeah. like you said, the way it's been built up, people wanted it, and I don't think, other than Undertaker or maybe Sid Vicious, um, <laughs> have gotten the same reaction or a reaction that wasn't negative. Mm-hmm. Um and now that you know that he's there, you're still, you know, going to be like, okay, what's he going to do on Monday night? How's he going to explain? Are they going to reference AEW? Are they going to reference, you know, him leaving WWE and, you know, all the smack that he talked about WWE and, you know, breaking the throne and all this stuff that, that he's done over the last six years. Um, and, you know, and it's one of those things too where, you know, you and I have talked about the internet is a great way to share opinions and get discussion, but it's also ruined wrestling in the sense that there are no surprises anymore. Right. And, and, you know, would it have been better had no one, people wouldn't have had expected Cody to be there if Mm -hmm. he had just showed up. And because he had his AEW music, he had his AEW look, he wasn't Stardust, he wasn't Dashing Cody Rhodes, he was the American Nightmare, which is, um, 
you know, I think an interesting way to go with it too, and I, and I think it's the right call. Like, you, if you're bringing him in, bring him in as what has gotten him over as a bigger star than when he was in WWE. Do you think that um, does this give uh, you know is Vince McMahon acknowledging AEW now with this move? Do you think? Do you think that it's something that um, you know what I mean? Is it validation? Because I know for a long time, and I still think that WWE does a better job of not referencing or talking about AEW. You know, back in the the Monday Night War era, Raw was taking shot or WWE was taking shots at, at at WCW with the billionaire Ted skits and you know some of the promos. But Eric Bischoff, on the other hand, is is giving results to the shows, the taped shows. So. There was obviously a legitimate war going on. I don't feel like there is a... The war now, I think, is amongst fans and not really the companies, even though I do think AEW takes more of those sometimes pot shots, but then sometimes just referencing WWE. And I know you and I have kind of... I'm not going to say argued about it, but we have talked about... And, and I don't... You know, I think, you know, when, when Rollins mentions Mox in a promo, that's not taking a shot. Or if Jericho references someone on, on Raw, I don't think that's a shot. It's when they do the comparisons or that that's where I feel like the shots are being taken. But, uh, you know, the throne getting destroyed, for example. I mean, that was clearly, obviously, 100% a shot at WWE. Um, when Triple H called it a pissant company at the Hall of Fame a couple years ago. I mean, those words, I think, have come back to haunt him. So... Um, but do you think that Cody's arrival, you know, has given some credence to the effectiveness or the, the you know, obviously AEW is not going anywhere anytime soon? No, I think it'll be interesting to see how Cody's used because, mm-hmm. and, I, and I've seen this comment thrown about quite a bit, it's, you know, if, you know, I would expect other AEW wrestlers to eventually come into WWE Um, just because and I think they should Uh, you know I think one of the problems with why WWE is stagnant right now is because their roster hasn't really undergone a lot of changes Mm -hmm. you know we made mention um, last year about when the Miz won the world title I think he has the fifth longest time gap between you know world world title reigns Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because he's the only person he, he was with WWE the entire time that he wasn't champion, whereas everyone else had left and come back. And and I think you need that kind of ebb and flow in in your rosters. You know, you look at the territory system where a guy would come in and and you know work for a couple of years or a couple, you know even six months and then leave and then come back and he keeps things fresh. Whereas WWE, you know, it's John Cena was there know how many years Miz has been there Dolph Ziggler like these guys have just been there for over a decade Randy Orton's been there nearly 20 years Mm -hmm. you know it's it's so I think you need people to leave and come back and so I think AEW wrestlers will show up eventually in WWE but it's going to be interesting to see how Cody is portrayed what they do with him and if that sends a signal to you know you look at Sting who was always hesitant to come to WWE because okay how are they going to use me what are they going to do and then he finally shows up you know he loses to 
Triple H at WrestleMania in a match that was oddly booked because you had the NWO helping out Sting, which yeah. I mean, had an NWO Wolfpack that made, made somewhat some sense, but you know Sting was always against the NWO. So right. It was like this bad thing. And then, yeah, you just, you know, if, if Cody is, you know, kind of pushed for a month or two and then rather relegated back to the mid card, you know, are the AEW guys going to come in and say, like, okay, is it going to be about money versus prestige? So. Yeah, I think WWE would be wise to keep Cody near the top just because of that. Because then you're going to attract those... Because rumor has it that they're interested in MJF. Yeah. And they're interested in Wardlow. Um, I'm sure, you know, there are some other talents there that they would, would like to have if they bring in their first, you know, really the first big acquisition and then, you know, obviously makes a splash at WrestleMania, but then, you know, he's either back to the Stardust character or he's, you know, in a feud with Happy Corbin uh, for six months, you know, then we might be in in, in setting out the example of, okay, well, why would I leave the comforts of AEW? You know, obviously cash is a big part of it, but I, I do think that there is a lot to say about the creative side of things, too, and being able to get out there and, and do your thing, so. Yeah, and just remember Fandango won his debut match at WrestleMania. That's true. Very true. Beating Chris Jericho. Yeah. And then, I was it the next night then, as we speak about the night after Raw, was that, that the next night that he came out then again and the crowd went nuts over the song? Yeah, that's when they started fandangoing. Yeah, so that, and that was uh, WrestleMania 29 as well. Um, see, that night for me is, is somewhat of a blur because for some reason, WrestleMania in New Jersey, uh, 29, and then WrestleMania 32 in Dallas, that Monday night Raw show, I experienced very painful migraines. It has nothing to do with the shows. It's my one oh, trigger is... Thursday, so yeah, my one trigger is not drinking enough water, and I had not had enough water either one of those days, but like, I left several times throughout those shows and got sick. So, you know, I was in and out at both of those, but the one thing that I remember and was there for at that New Jersey show, like you said earlier, was Dolph Ziggler cashing in that money in the bank, and to me that was probably one of the best examples of giving the fans what they wanted that Monday night after all. Even though Ziggler was technically the heel there, uh, the fans just ate that up because I think, you know, some of these guys get in there, and women, and work so hard for so long, and, you know, even if they're if we're supposed to be booing them, we see them get that, uh, that you know, accomplishment, that major accomplishment. I know some people are... Uh, the belt is a prop and yada 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 but for us fans I mean I, I'm buying into that I'm looking at the champion as someone who is a representative and someone who is worked hard and is, is being rewarded for that hard work it's not just a prop to me and so when you see them get in there and win it, it is a sense of accomplishment and I feel like the fans that night collectively celebrated with Dolph Ziggler as well yeah and I mean, and Dolph's an interesting one to look at now because, you know, what has he done since he won that title? Mm -hmm. And the crowd wanted him to win. The crowd was behind him. Yeah. I don't remember much about that title reign. You know, and he's currently the NXT champion. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like he's one that they've dropped the ball. Like, 
for whatever reason, they just won't get behind him to give him a sustained, you know, main event level push. And oh, I think part of the the I don't want to say failure, but part of the uh, part of his run was cut short. Was he had suffered that concussion. And then this was at a time where I feel like they were really, not that they're not now, but they were very uh, much focused on concussions and head injuries and then that kind of trauma and stuff. So I know, because uh, I, f- I feel like they either stripped him of the belt or he dropped it pretty quick in a pretty short match, um, maybe to, I, I don't remember who it was, but anyway, that, that I do remember there being part of that, being part of the uh, equation was the fact that he had had that head injury. So, but yeah, I agree. I mean, so what's that? Uh, I said that sounds familiar. Yeah. But you know, um, I don't know. It's just, but again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about Dolph Ziggler's been in the company for at least, you know, as Dolph Ziggler. I think since '08. Yeah. I was going to say, I think since 07 or 08, he debuted as Dolph and then, of course, was part of the Spirit Squad. Prior to that, In 05 and 06. Um, You know, WrestleMania 24, one of my favorites. It was in Orlando. It's Ric Flair's last night. Um, I, you know, I am still in awe of the fact that, you know, because it was in Orlando, we did the package deal that year. Uh, and we got two day passes to two two day passes to Universal Studios, and so that Monday after Mania, you and I went to Universal Studios for a second day and hung out. And we get back to the hotel, and we had talked about going to Raw, but we didn't have any plans. We weren't flying out until the next day. And you got on your laptop and saw that they were doing a big tribute to Ric Flair because he had you know retired that night before. We just took a chance and walked up, and we got really great seats. I'm still amazed because I don't think that would happen today. I feel like those tickets probably sell out pretty quick nowadays. Yeah, I mean, this was pre-StubHub or SeatGeek or whatever other secondary ticket broker, you know, app you use existed. So, yeah, we did, and I was expecting to have to try to buy tickets from a scalper outside. Yeah. And, um... And, you know, I, I mean, I must say that I've had good luck with other shows just showing up the day of. And, you know, they'll, re- they'll release tickets that they had held for whatever reason. Uh, or if production realizes that they, they're not going to block off some seats, so they release them. But, yeah, we got great, you know, opposite hard camera, middle of the arena type seats. Um I think they were only like 50 bucks a piece. Yeah, we got it for face value. Yeah, we got it for much cheaper than (laughs) they would go for now because uh, now that the Raw After Mania is is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that was one, like you said, we just, you know, and I'm trying to think think of, because you said we've been to four Uh uh, Raws After Mania. I I know 24, 29, and 32. What was the other one that we, uh, 30. Yeah. After 30, that's right. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just, you know, to me, it was always, always about uh, WrestleMania and not about the Raw after mm-hmm. Mania. Yeah. And, and yeah, luckily we were just, you know, normally probably would have flown home on Monday, but because we had the universal tickets, we're like, okay, let's stick around today. And it turned out to be a good blessing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you know, obviously, and I couldn't tell you one match that happened that night, but I do remember, obviously, throughout the night, they were doing the Ric Flair tribute, and then at the end, um, that was just, you know, they brought out the horseman, the, you know, the original horseman, Sans uh, Ole Anderson, of course, um, Vince McMahon came out, The Undertaker, it was just a, a star-studded night of, of a who's who of our childhood coming out there and celebrating uh, Ric Flair, and it was such a, you know, that experience to me stands out as, as one of my favorite uh, live wrestling events, just being there for that po portion of it, just being able to see that in person and, and, and experiencing that. Now, you recollected or recalled uh, the Raw after Mania 30, which to me that was a big night too, and, and I remember... Uh, the, the only match that I remember happening that night was Rusev versus Zack Ryder because that was Rusev's debut. Yeah. But the you big. Don't remember, uh, as seen in the movie Fighting with My Family, yeah. when Paige came out to complete silence because no one knew who she was yeah. to beat AJ Lee for the women's title or the Divas title. As soon as you said that, yes, because. And that's the other interesting thing, too, is, you know you either make these big debuts and they make a big impact like Paige did winning the uh, Divas Championship because, you know, that night before, A.J. Lee, because A.J. Lee, I think, played that smarmy heel character, you know, to a T, and you wanted to see her get her comeuppance, and she beat, you know, what, 12 or 13 of the other Divas that previous night at WrestleMania, and I think she cheated to win that because didn't she take whoever's hand and, and make her look like she was tapping out to her submission I hold. Don't remember. I, I think that's how how she ended up retaining that night because um, it was like a multi-diva match. And then, you know, of course we see Paige come out there and, and, and get the win. But to me, there two big things stood out to me. The, the, the crowd, because the night before at the Silverdome, right? Not the Silverdome. Yes. No, it's not the Silver Dome. It's, it's uh, the Silver Dome. It was the Silver Dome. They called it the Silver Dome like two or three times. Well, Hulk Hogan did. Super Dome. See, I'm pulling a Hulk Hogan here. Um, <laughs> the Sil the Super Dome, uh, you know, 70,000 fans doing that yes chant after Daniel Bryan won the championship or the undisputed championship. And then you know, that carrying over the next night, and obviously we were in a much smaller venue that night, but... The, the whole crowd, I felt like, was doing the yes chant. And I don't know that there's been anyone since then that has had that kind of fan support, like almost 100% of the crowd behind him like that. Um, so being a part of that and then, you know, the Ultimate Warrior coming out and doing his now infamous speech. Um, and then, what, 24, you know, 30 hours later, he, he passes away. So to me, those moments from that night will stand out to me and... and make me grateful for the fact that we were there and a part of those nights too yeah I think I think 30 29 and 30 definitely were great moments uh, to be there and 24 um, yeah you know but 32 I think is that's where I guess you know I became old man yelling at clouds where like I said it became more of a look at us type reaction as opposed to enjoying the show. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it becomes a distraction because you're like, you know, these, this guy, you know, all the wrestlers, uh, or I'm sorry, all the superstars that are in the ring are, you know, are doing their best to do, 
to entertain and the crowd is more focused on themselves yeah and, and so it takes away from the show and I wish the fans would you know you can you can be a part of the show without making yourself the focal point right and you know I'll, I'll go back to um, you know when Chikara was around I, you know, I was a huge fan and the fans would play into what would was going on in the ring like you know i always remember when the handsome and mysterious stranger showed up who everyone knew who it was but instead of kind of like when Bray wyatt first showed up and he would get the husky harris chance because the fans knew mm. he used to be you know for the handsome and mysterious stranger the crowd would chant who are you or we don't know you and play along with it and i wish right. fans would do that more instead of trying to be smarky smarky and yeah. you know so yeah, I feel like there's no, like, you know, I, you and I probably, more so me, I think, multiple times a week, we'll Snapchat each other, and it's usually an eye-rolling headline, because it's like, why can't we just let this happen? Like, why do we, why do wrestling fans, because I don't, and maybe it happens in other forms of entertainment, I don't know, but I feel like wrestling fans always have to be the first to know and if I do know it I'm going to tell everybody else. like if you want to post your spoiler blog cool but don't include a picture and don't include the spoiler in the headline I mean that's that's the, that's no longer you know it's it, it defeats the purpose um, like you said earlier you know how great would Cody's debut have been had we not known that he'd left a you know to me, one of my favorite surprises still in all of wrestling was the day that Bobby Heenan showed up on Wrestling Challenge with Ric Flair's big gold belt. Nobody saw that coming, and it was awesome. I, and I, I feel like, you know, the internet has ruined, or I, I'm not going to blame the internet. I'm going to blame the fans who have that, you know, uh, oh, so-and-so was spotted at the airport, you know, and how many times with Cody over the last six weeks, you know, Cody's on the plane to the Middle East. Now negotiate. I mean, two days ago, I read that Cody had backed out of of the match for WrestleMania. So yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, and you know, I'll throw in Scott Hall showing up on Nitro because yeah. we all. I think the internet was around. We knew that Scott had left WWF at the time, but the way he debuted, I think, was genius. Mm -hmm. and, and I, you know, I remember watching that Nitro, and when he starts walking down the steps you know I, we're joking I, my cousin and I are watching I'm joking I'm like oh man that guy looks like Razor Ramon mm -hmm. and then it was yeah it's like, oh, okay um, but you didn't expect him to come through the crowd you know and yeah I just um, you know I saw something a couple days before Mania about another wrestler showing up in Dallas and I won't say who because I don't know what the plan, plans were yeah or, or are for this person and I don't want to spoil anything but it's just like okay why are you saying saying you know that he was there if you unless you know exactly what he's going to do or if he was just in town for something else that has nothing to do with wrestling you can but then again it's like then, then it's really not a wrestling story it's just guy shows up in town yeah so well and I mean it is the biggest weekend in wrestling you yeah. know with which I, I don't know, and I mean, I'm kind of going on a side tangent here, but 
I don't know that as many companies... Were there as many shows this past weekend? Because I know WWE obviously had SmackDown on Friday night. Hall of Fame immediately after that. The Stand and Deliver NXT show Saturday afternoon. WrestleMania Saturday. And then WrestleMania Sunday. I mean, they had four... Well, yeah, four wrestling shows. Yeah. On top of the Hall of Fame. And then all the other extra... I think they had an NX or a, uh, an Access... A uh, big panel discussion going on. I mean, they had a lot going on. Um, they have access because I had read that they didn't do access this year. They were just having like the store, which you had to pay ten bucks to get into. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, because yeah. I saw people complaining about. They said I had to pay to get in here, and I just assumed it was access. I didn't know they were charging to get into the store, and it was just ten bucks. But they had like a photo booth set up with a cardboard cutout of Alexa Bliss and Alexa's playground or whatever and it was like 15 bucks to get a picture at that and people were losing their minds over that but I didn't realize because hell access tickets weren't cheap back when we were going to it I don't think I think they were like $40 yeah and you know I could see like if they said okay it's cost $10 to get in and then if you buy something or take a photo you get a $10 discount yeah just to keep people from overrunning the store but yeah uh, but yeah, they didn't do. To my knowledge, they didn't do access the way that they've done it. Done it in the past, the last okay. Ten years, yeah. Oh, very interesting. Um, you but know, to your, to your question too, um, I don't think there were as many shows as there have been recently, but there were several other shows. Um, now, was the Ring of Honor show? And correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I, I'm not as in tune as I should be. The Supercard of Honor was that in Dallas as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I know, obviously, they ran a show opposite Hall of Fame and, and, and SmackDown. Um, and then, I, I I guess they were, I'm assuming Rampage was either taped or was not in Dallas, right? Rampage was taped after Dynamite. Okay, okay. Although the Young Bucks did wear the same gear on Rampage that they did for their run-in at Ring of Honor to make it look like <laughs> it was the same. Um, and I would say, if you have not watched the Ring of Honor show, the Briscoes versus FTR is probably so far my match of the weekend. It's it's an incredible tag team match. So, um, it, you know, it was just a hair better than Usos versus Shinsuke and Boogs. <laughs> yeah, and him and his knee, man. That I, I at first I wondered if that was you know. If he had really hurt himself, and then after watching it, it was like, yeah, obviously he he did hurt himself. So, um, but you back to Dallas, uh, where WrestleMania obviously is, is has happened uh, this year. But when we were there in 2016, and went to that RAW, and as I mentioned, I was not feeling well that night. The one th- two things that I remember happening are the Miz winning the Intercontinental Championship from Zack Ryder the night after Zack won it, which to me, that was the WrestleMania moment of that WrestleMania was Zack Ryder winning. Um, But then also the debut, the main roster debut of Enzo and Big Cass. Mm -hmm. And how much potential I thought they had. And, and, you know, again, that's kind of an example of the hype and, and, you know, the sizzle of that stake coming out. And, I feel like they kind of faded pretty quick and almost, and I don't know, I don't know all the backstage politics and whatnot, but I almost feel like they became their own worst enemies while they were there and, and you know, now are uh, 
an impact and, and working other independent shows and whatnot. I, I, I'm not sure that Enzo has, has landed anywhere uh, where he's under contract, but has kind of bounced around a bit. Yeah, I think Enzo is mainly doing just different indie shows. Uh, Big Cass is now W. Morrissey in Impact. And, and yeah, I think you know he came out and, and said that he was struggling with mental issues. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and it's too bad. It's, it's too bad that they did kind of become their own worst enemies in, the, in WWE. But at least they were able to, or at least in the case of Big Cass, that, you know, to get the help or seek the help that... Um, seems to have done him some good yeah and hopefully he's on the right path um yeah I, you know i think the only other thing i kind of i kind of remember cesaro ripping up a beach ball yeah that was floating around that was his, he he returned that night because he had he, been yeah. injured and i think he was wearing the james bond okay. tearaway suit yeah um i i do remember that and i don't remember who he came out and and face, but I also now that now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, that was also the night that Shane McMahon, even though he lost to the Undertaker in that Hell in a Cell match the night before, and was supposed to be done, I I think Vince McMahon kind of gave him some power that night, didn't he? I I feel like something was going on with Vince. Yeah, McMahon. they. Yeah, they, that's right. If Shane had lost, then he was supposed to be gone forever. But then I think based on the reaction that Shane had gotten. Leading up to Mania, they decided to keep him around. And, and another, you know, it's an example of bad storytelling on WWE's part. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, not sticking to a stipulation. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so, do you have a what? You know, I mean, we obviously talked about the four that that we had been to. You've been to obviously other Raws. Have you ever gone to a show? And I don't know that that. WWE has ever done it, but like I know you've been to Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, um, SummerSlam. Have you been to then the the following night's Raw after any of those events? I have not. Because I don't feel like they live up. To, I don't want to say live up to, but they're not as impactful. Pardon the pun. As as WrestleMania, you know. <laughs> no, because I think you know with Mania you get people coming in from all over the world, mm-hmm. whereas even though. SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and, and Rumble are, are the other big three in the in the original Big Four pay-per-views. Those they're more either local or you know just people coming in from the states. You don't yeah. get as many international uh, travelers coming in for the shows, and, and and nothing really happens on the you know the I mean the night after Rumble you'll get the you know potential. Yeah. Build of who the winner of the Rumble is going to challenge at Mania, but SummerSlam and Survivor Series, and I, you know, I think Survivor Series has been diminished great, greatly in the last ten to fifteen years, where it's not really a, a, you know, other than its history, it doesn't feel like a big four. Maybe. No, I agree. What do you think about because I, I can remember, you know, back in the day, even maybe even predating the Monday Night War era, uh, you know, we always talked about the go home show before Raw or before WrestleMania or before Survivor Series or, or whatever it was and so the idea being that you know you're going to give us a really great spectacular show um, that Monday to, to get us to buy and order that pay-per-view on, on Sunday and maybe I you know this is partly you know I don't watch live on USA anymore like I used to 
but I feel like because WWE has Peacock or has WWE Network for international fans, there's you know you have either subscribed to it or not. You're not you know I don't know how many people get online and decide they're going to get Peacock after watching the Raw before WrestleMania, for example. I don't know that anything. So I feel like the effort isn't there like it used to be, where you would you know try to give them something to call their cable provider and, and get that little box to, to attach to their TV on Sunday night. Yeah, I think, you know, that's ever since the WWE Network came about, I think, you know, we've probably had this discussion many times before about you don't have to try anymore because yeah. you're not selling a pay-per-view. Yeah. People have access to the show. They're going to either watch live or, they'll, you know, you can watch anytime now. Whereas, yeah. you know, when you had the pay-per-view, you had to watch when it was on. Couldn't just come in or wait till Tuesday. <laughs> or wait till Tuesday, yeah. And so, yeah, I think that has diminished the, you know, and even looking at the way they're doing it now. You know, last year it was two days, and I believe it was done so because of COVID restrictions. They couldn't have a full audience. Yeah. So they went with two days to try to get. Um, you know the same amount of people and that they would get one day and then it was successful because i think people were like hey this is better than an eight or nine hour show yeah so let's split it up and they announced last night during uh saturday night wrestlemania that next year here in los angeles it's going to be two days again mm -hmm. and i was going to ask you because i feel like you know mentioned i think before we started recording i can't remember if we brought it up on the show but the first two matches on, on the show last night were not WrestleMania worthy matches in my opinion. Like mm -hmm. those could have been on SmackDown and been just as fine. Um, I feel like now be by going over two nights that they're just they gotta fill up so much time and having it you know, I would rather if they're gonna do two nights, I would like to see it go back to three hours a night, because I still think four hours is, is a bit much. Mm -hmm. Um but I just feel like they're they're throwing stuff out there that isn't mania quality. Is in an attempt to get as many people on the show as possible. I agree, and I feel like, you know, if, you know, and, and not a knock against Happy Corbin or, or Drew McIntyre, I would have rather seen Finn Balor defend the U.S. title, uh, Ricochet defend the Intercontinental title, um, because I feel like not having those, you know, think back to, and when we were kids and watching and growing up, you know, Ricky Steamboat and, and Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah. or Ultimate Warrior and Rick Rude, um, you know, I mean, hell, WrestleMania six, the Intercontinental title was in the main event being defended against the world champion. And now you're giving me the Intercontinental title match on SmackDown in a triple threat match with, a, you know, a tag team that is, you know, no offense to them, but what have they done other than, you know, get a, a win or two over the New Day? So I feel like that has, has said a lot. And again, I, I'm going back to my original comment about belts being props. I get, I get that part of it in that mentality. But to me, also, I, I feel like, you know, if you're having your biggest, most spectacular show of the year, and, and it, you know what, it just clicked in my brain too as I'm saying this, there wasn't... There was no 
singles men's championship defended last night or Saturday night at WrestleMania. Yeah, because your two world titles are being battled against each other. Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, that's. I I didn't think about that, and so there were no, you know, other than the two women's matches, the two women's championship matches, there were no uh, other titles on the line. Oh, the tag team uh, with the Usos and uh, and. Uh, Do you think they should have put the one women's title on Saturday and one on Sunday. I was kind of surprised that they didn't do that. I know they're doing the women's tag on Sunday. Um, but yeah, I was surprised to see that, uh, especially, and, and I don't know if it's, maybe they're planting another seed for us with with this Becky and, and Charlotte saga, uh, you know, of, of who had the better match or you know now that becky lost will she go after charlotte i i, I don't know i it, it is interesting though that they did both women's championship matches on the same night it didn't bother me um but i also feel like too and again kind of veering off the course but i almost feel like either one they should have never added a second I'm sorry, they should not have added the women's tag team titles because I feel like there's not... But tag team wrestling in general in WWE, I feel like, has fallen way by the wayside because you're just throwing guys, you know, Riddle and, and, and Randy Orton, for example, or uh, Otis and, 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 and Gable. They're just throwing guys together because they don't have anything, either have anything else for them to do. Um, I miss the days of, of the 80s and, and even into the 90s where we had, you know, eight or ten established tag teams in the hunt for one set of tag team belts. Now you have two sets of belts. And now we've got the women, too. And I think every every one of these female tag teams competing at WrestleMania Sunday for the tag team titles are all just women that were kind of thrown together. So I would have either just left the two women's heavyweight champ or, uh, you know, Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships or just added a secondary, you know, a women's intercontinental title, kind of like how, uh, you know, AEW has done the TBS Championship, you know, done a secondary singles women's championship because I they have the roster, but, you know, after WrestleMania Sunday and these women who are competing as teams, how many of them are going to be competing as a team six months from now? Yeah, and I think that goes back to just poor planning on WWE creative aspect. Because mm-hmm. you, you know, you look at the New Age Outlaws. Those are two single guys that they didn't really have anything for, put together, and became a successful tag team. Yeah. And you can do that with the women as well. You know, I like the idea of Shayna Baszler and Natty. Yeah. You know, the Queen of Spades and the Queen of Hearts. Like, it kind of fits true that they would be a tag team. Yeah. You know? But you have to do something with them for more than, you know, a pay-per-view. Right, because what, what was it? It Was it even six months ago that Natty and Tamina yeah. were the women's tag team champions? Or maybe it was last year at WrestleMania. I don't, I don't yeah, remember yeah. exactly when that team formed, but it hasn't been that long ago. So yeah. it would be like, you know, Axe rolling out with, uh, you know, uh, B. Brian Blair... Mm-hmm. And, and going after the tag team titles. It, it, it just, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, in that regard, I was watching the NXT stand at Deliver, and Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez won the women's NXT titles. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't really watched NXT since it became 2.0. Um, 
but the last time that I watched and was paying attention, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez had they they were a team. Raquel became champion. Dakota showed up and attacked her. They mm-hmm. had a falling out, like, and that was maybe within the last five months. And now they're back together, and now they're tag team champions. Like, I don't know why or how that that came to be, but yeah, it's just you know if you're going to 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 change alliances that quickly, that to me seems a uh, lack of forethought and 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 more of a okay, what are we going to do? We have these you know these superstars. We have to do something with them. Let's just put them together here. Yeah. So, well, you know, as we as we kind of wind down and, and talking about Raw, and, and this show will drop on on Monday morning uh, after WrestleMania Sunday. So obviously we have not seen what's going to happen at WrestleMania Sunday, but based on what we've seen with WrestleMania Saturday, what are you thinking? What 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 can we expect? And you know, now that you know. Now, not only do you have two nights of WrestleMania, but then you also have this big separation between Raw and SmackDown, and SmackDown now at the tail end of the week, happening on Fridays, um, we're going to be you know five six days removed from WrestleMania by the time SmackDown comes around. So, do you do big SmackDown related angles on Raw as well? Because obviously something's going to happen between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, one of those guys seemingly is going to walk out with both belts. You can't not acknowledge that, I don't think, on Raw, especially if if Roman ends up, which I think is going to happen, uh, walking away with both titles. Yeah, I, well, because whoever wins will be the Raw champion as well. So I think whoever wins will show up on Raw. Uh, I was going to ask you, kind of going off of that, with this new format of layout where, you know, they had the live Friday SmackDown, mm-hmm. which was the WrestleMania SmackDown, where they had the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and yeah. the IC title match, and then there were two nights of WrestleMania. So that means they had the Hall of Fame immediately after a SmackDown event, and then NXT was Saturday afternoon. Do you like this format, or do you think like the Hall of Fame should be its own thing and NXT? I mean, I, I actually didn't mind NXT being in the afternoon because I think it, you know, gives fans who, who aren't going for, to for the indie shows something to do. And especially, like I said, they didn't have access this year, so yeah, it gave the WWE fans something else to do. But um, you know, personally, I when they announced that that the Hall of Fame was coming right after SmackDown, I just had uh, fear in my, you know, going through me because we've discussed how fans don't treat the Hall of Fame as a special show mm-hmm. instead of, you know, and, and coming right after SmackDown, I figured it would be a lot worse. And I actually uh, thought this was one of the better Hall of Fames. Yeah. Because I, the fans weren't as obnoxious as I expected them to be. And I like the fact that there were only five inductees. Yeah. No, I didn't care for the fact that they gave them the, the early people time constraints. Yeah. There's mentioned, but, and this is going to sound a little probably uh, crass, but the fact that two of the inductees were posthumously, mm-hmm. if I pronounced that correctly, yeah. you know, so you have people who weren't the actual inductee out there speaking, so they're not going to speak as long. But I, th- I thought the Hall of Fame was actually one of the better ones in, in the last several years. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I do like the fact that they, um, 
which I, it didn't click in my head that it was happening right after SmackDown. I mean, I knew it was happening after SmackDown, but I didn't think it was where SmackDown was being held. And so I'm in my head, I'm thinking they're going to have to hustle all these people to another building. And so, and correct, you know, do you know, like when you bought your SmackDown ticket, was that then an automatic ticket to the Hall of Fame? It was, I mean, it was. I don't know if they announced it when SmackDown went on sale. Yeah. If you'd be two for one, but, but yeah, they did acknowledge that it would be happening after SmackDown. Yeah, I guess I guess it just, uh, for whatever reason, until I saw the setup, I think you had Snapchatted me a picture of it. I, I'm like, okay. And I did actually go back and watch uh, on Saturday afternoon, and I have not watched Stand and Deliver yet. But I do think, you know, because we were talking about, you know, the the amount of time that the the big shows, you know, WrestleMania, Saturday, and Sunday each have, uh, you know, four to six hours it, with the pre-show in there, you know, it's a long, it, it, it creates yeah. a, a, you know, you got to carve out a lot of time, you know, it, me as a, it, you know, I mean, not just me in general, I'm just using myself as an example, but, you know, I had other things going on on Saturday and things going on on Sunday that, you know, to watch SmackDown, I'm sorry, to watch the Hall of Fame, to watch Stand and Deliver, to watch, you know, and I know some of these other indie shows were streaming on, on Fight or, you know, on pay-per-view as well. Uh, and now that they've busted WrestleMania into two nights, I mean, it <laughs> it's a big time commitment. And we had Stride Pro Wrestling Saturday night. So, um, you know, I watched and I t- was telling you, I kind of actually liked watching it on a bit of a delay other than not having the social media aspect of it, but being able to kind of fast forward through the packages and, and through some of the... Uh, matches that weren't maybe as intriguing to me, um, I kind of liked having that option. Now, Sunday night I'll watch live, so I won't be able to do that, but I, I, I like it as an option. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just... Uh, I think there's, you know, in a sense, too much wrestling over WrestleMania weekend. Um if, especially if you're staying home. I mean, if you're there live, trying to get back and forth from all the shows is probably a, an easier way to make a choice on what you're watching. Yeah. Or if I'm sitting at home and can just flip from one app to the other and, you know, have the TV on watching one show and the computer watching another one. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think compressing everything over the course of really two and a half days is, is too much right now. I mean, I liked when we went, you know, in those early days, we would go, usually do an indie show on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Saturday, we'd go to Access during the day, Hall of Fame that night, and then Sunday, go to WrestleMania. I, I, I liked that. It was it was doable. I, did, I didn't feel... Now, the one year, I think we were in Miami, and we went to WrestleCon, and then we went to Access... And we I, we jumped back and forth, I think, to, to a couple of things. Those were a little, uh, you know, harrowing because they're on other sides of town. In Miami, all the stuff in Miami, I felt like was kind of... Way out. Yeah. yeah, it was all... Nothing was close. Atlanta, I liked because we were able to walk. And I think we did that in Houston, too, where we just, you know, jumped on the, the public transit and then yeah. could do our thing. So, um, I, I think... 
there are obviously pros and cons to all those, but yeah, I like I it worse. Wait till you come out to LA next year. Man. <laughs> that thing is going to be accessible. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, WrestleMania week, I, you know, I love it. I, I know that the product has become stale for a lot of folks, but I, you know, on social media, kind of seeing the people that I follow who are are there or who have been there since you know Wednesday or Thursday. I got hyped up and I got excited for it, and you know I uh, I am looking forward to next year and and and, and coming out to LA. So uh, hopefully it'll be a good time, and and of course you know uh, I'll be curious to see what happens on Raw and SmackDown this week, and and the fallout from everything that happens at WrestleMania weekend. I'm with you. I can't wait to see how soon they split up the unified titles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely going to happen too. So, any other bold predictions before we wrap up this week's show? Uh, I don't even remember who else fighting tonight on WrestleMania Sunday night. So I'm going to say that uh, uh, we will get a surprise return of Sid Vicious. <laughs> you and Sid these days, okay? I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> it's either Sid or yeah. I, you know, I haven't seen pictures coming out of WrestleCon except for that video you sent me of Ric Flair and Ricky Morton <laughs> uh, looking old and haggard. But uh, I don't know, you know, who is uh, who's available to make a comeback, you know, or make a surprise return to WWE right now. Um, well, but I hope I hope they have some surprise up their sleeve for tonight. Yeah, tonight being WrestleMania Sunday, of course. Yeah. Friends, thank you again for listening. Be sure to check out my one two three cents on all your favorite social media and, and follow at Chad Smart on Twitter at Kevin Huntsberger as well. If you continue to watch our War of Words and see how many times I sent him the shut up gift from Mean Girls uh, in a week's time. So, Chad, thanks again for being on, man. It's always a pleasure. Um, we'll do this again in a couple weeks, I'm sure. Alrighty, friends. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.